Welcome to the Hero Hut Podcast, bringing you stories of service. Today we're launching into 2021 with Dave and Jake recounting stories of their holiday experiences while in deployment, as well as diving into future plans for the Hero Hut. Today is the podcast where we're doing a year-end review of the Hero Hut, all the different activities that we've done this year. We have on the founder, Dave Hoffmaster. How's it going, man? Happy holidays. Going Merry on, Christmas. Jake. <laughs> yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you as well. Thanks. Yeah. Hanukkah was a couple of weeks ago. Didn't really celebrate that either. We can talk about like, what, what are your memories from holidays in years past? Like thinking specifically Afghanistan. Do you remember what the Christmas celebration was like there? Yeah, I guess we're, yeah, we can, we can jump right in there. Um, this was 2011, right? Christmas. Yes. Yeah, 2011. And I had taken over your position as the artillery platoon leader after finishing up as the uh, fire spurt officer with 235 Infantry. And, you know, so most of our platoon was all on base at Fob Joyce. And I don't know, it, it, was, a, it was a fun memory in some kind. Uh, I, I remember getting a few care packages from various people that we kind of passed out to everyone. And I had a, uh, I had my Santa hat on and then kind of being out in Eastern uh, Kunar where, you know, you didn't have as many generals and, and dignitaries overwatching you. You kind of got away with some uniform uh, fun. So I had my, you know, Santa hat that we could, I could wear on the base, like while we were playing volleyball and stuff and you didn't feel like that was going to attract uh, enemy fire the red hat yeah it, it certainly did i i i think <laughs> it was like a target at one point i i mean we still took fire i mean yes it was usually very inaccurate you were on that same base obviously but i can remember one time we were playing and i think i had the santa hat on and i was just wearing the t-shirt and then my you know whatever uh pants there and we had a recoilless rocket like scream overhead and we were like all like like ah you know, and you run into the bunker and you're like, all right. And it's like Wayne's world. You're like, game on. And you come back out of the bunker and you keep playing volleyball and just go on as if, you know. Yeah, I was going to say that's like almost like that. Uh, it's the soccer game in World War One, right? Christmas time. They have the truce to like play soccer. Did that was that really happening or does that like made up? Uh, I think I, I think in World War One or Two that did, World War Two I think it was it or what was it World I think War One it, it didn't happen yeah I believe sure. I, I believe I'm sure it did because people were probably like screw this war sucks like maybe we just have a one day kind of hey let's call it a a truce um, yeah but there but was even in that, none of that in the Kunar I guess uh, but you were still playing volleyball just not with the Taliban yeah <laughs> <laughs> but basketball or volleyball. Uh, we did basketball as well. We had a pretty shitty court out there that we played basketball. Um, volleyball, though, uh, a lot of the Afghans really enjoyed as well. So mm. we had a lot of the interpreters and uh, contractors that were on the base would occasionally come out and play with us too. Yeah, that's cool. I never did it. I never went over there. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but to, I guess to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. Deeper, so Christmas in Afghanistan, was that uh, uplifting? Or I could see also how I don't – you know, don't really celebrate the holiday. So I wasn't really getting into it. But I can imagine if you were like, super into Christmas, and you're deployed, you're on Bob Joyce in Eastern Afghanistan, and you're like, uh, just being reminded of the holiday just makes you miss it even more. Yeah. Did I you mean, feel like it was a morale booster? Or was it actually kind of like, oh, shit, like we're here and, and it's Christmas? 
Yeah, we, I I know we talked about this a little bit just in person, but it, it, I think it's a combo. I I don't think there was too much like additional joy being created by Christmas in Afghanistan. It's more like, oh man, I'm still here in Afghanistan. Yeah, but, you know, at that I think at that point in our deployment, we were at nine, eight or nine months. So I think the like the black humor was was pretty strong in all of us at that point. You know, where mm-hmm. you just kind of laugh through the the misery or the the silliness um i can remember i think i mean you were there i think we had like even santa come out there yeah why are we sending santa to choice <laughs> someone was dressed up as santa in the oh. defac in the dining facility and handed out cigars so it was like kind of cool you get a free cigar but it was also like yeah do we really need this uh-huh. like, it's kind of which was like the same defect that like a month later, one of my guys from the platoon gets shot in because there's no, you know, yeah. so it's like, all right, like, what are we really doing here? I mean, I understand the, the point. It makes someone feel like they're doing something. Um, but that's, I think that's just like a lot of things in general. There's that disconnect between uh, the military and, you know, the normal population who has a good intention. Like they want to do something for the, the troops and, it's just there's just not much you can do. It's like you yeah. can't cheer up war. You can't totally. cheer up the fact that you're like spending a year away from your family in a, a spot where you know you're seeing your friends or whatever get shot or killed. It's, yeah, it is what it is. I, I remember being so kind I don't of think pissed. Anyone, yeah, yeah, I remember being kind of pissed for that reason that we would get these care packages that were like Christmas trees and like Christmas stuff. And it's like I'm sure that did make some soldiers feel good, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I was like, couldn't that money should have gone into like a either like better construction equipment for our barracks or be like give it to the afghans give it to the like the afghans that don't have running water right outside our base that are like probably gonna take money from the taliban to dig an ied you know yeah i well (laughs) i think i i I hear you i i think that in terms of the uh the gifts and care packages i think that is such a simple gesture of of gratitude that i I think that was perfectly okay. You know, it's not like those, like a kid from my, like I remember my mom's, she's a fourth grade teacher and she had her whole class write uh, letters. Sure. And I was like, yeah. all right, that's, you know, that's that, was, nice. that was pretty cool. Um, and then they, and they sent, you know, snacks and other things. And those were things that they're not going to, uh, like a fourth grade kid is not going to be sending money to the Afghans to build a well in, uh, you know, so I don't know if they saved up the milk money from every fourth grader in America (laughs) I think they could do it no I see yeah I know what you mean I think some of it was just like felt like over the top I do I kind of wonder though is it like the more you're reminded of the holiday does it just make you miss it more because they're never going to be able to recreate the same kind of family atmosphere the same kind of like I guess it's almost talking like different communities like your community back home versus that deployed community Sure. There's no way you can recreate like Christmas in the USA just transplanted onto a fob. Yeah, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear your answer to that. I can remember being with the uh, fire direction center, the FDC section, going to the the DFAC, and they had that that Christmas cake like we talked about there, and having the pictures with Santa. I still have some of those. Hopefully, I can find them and you know post those on the hero hut website or our website. Cause they're pretty funny pictures to, to have yeah. uh, Vasquez who was the FTC chief there at Joyce, who is really an awesome NCO. I think he's actually a, I just started talking to him again on Facebook. He's a, a first sergeant at this point, 
back oh, in nice. Seattle. But he was leading the charge there, getting everyone to take pictures with Santa, which is pretty funny. But uh, I think that it's it's pretty difficult to replicate. You had such a tight knit family in the army and in Afghanistan that you almost don't want to necessarily go too deep of trying to go back home and and just almost dig up those memories or emotions because it's you're that just makes you more sad in some ways I can remember like I told you uh, I did I think it was a zoom call or something I don't know if zoom was back in 2011 I did some kind of call yeah I think we had to dial in did you have video calls in your MWR there would be a place usually on each fob there would be a morale wellness recreation tent you would go and you'd be able to either talk on the phone I feel like most right. of them weren't video. It was just a, I, like it was a phone bank. They eventually tried getting internet into Fab Joyce, and I think it happened right around that time. And I, I, I think there was uh, Zoom by that time. To start with, it was the MWR, where there was like three phone, phones and like really shitty internet. Right. And then they finally got like shittier yeah. internet, that, yeah. but, but like anyone could use it in there if they had a computer. And I, I, I'm almost positive there was like a Zoom call. I called my parents. They're all over at my aunt's house where we all used to go for Christmas Eve. And, you know, I got to say hi to everyone for a little bit. And, <laughs> and they forgot to like turn off the Zoom call. And so I could still see inside the room. And they're all like having fun, like having a great Christmas. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. You know, I was just there. There. How long did you just watch it being like, oh, I wish I was back there? I, but at least at least five minutes because it was just kind of fun to hear everyone's voices and hear the the jokes and laughter and you know but and make sure they're not talking like, shit about you right after you <laughs> like, well that's over yes exactly so uh but but that but i guess to swing all the way back to your question i think there is that element where you're like all right i can't really fully kind of take advantage of christmas or the normal feelings that you feel during the holidays or whatever where you're surrounded by family Cause it gives you almost that like either or feeling of, okay, I, I, this is usually a fond time of the year for me, but right now it's not exactly something that I'm feeling exactly merry about. Yeah. Do you think they went more all out about Christmas than other holidays? I'm trying to think if like there was just always something going on that they were trying to make it seem like, feeling the changing seasons, like feeling the deployment time going along if they just had some kind of holiday theme or was it, I feel like Christmas was more of a thing there. I think Christmas is a good one. I think Thanksgiving, didn't they try to do a pretty good meal for Thanksgiving maybe? Yeah. Um, I, I Usually the food was better at Thanksgiving, even like, yeah. like army posts. I think they, they did a pretty good job for some holidays. Yeah, and I don't remember Fourth of July. I, I can't. I was medevac to Germany during that time, so I'm always, I'm curious how that was handled in Afghanistan. But I was gone for, you know, that that month. So right. But with that being said, I, there wasn't exactly a whole much celebration. I don't think like day to day life really changed at all on yeah. post or, or on the base. I guess I should say. Yeah, not really. It was it was kind of more or less the a normal day. I don't know if they were like doing patrols that day or not, or if they someone must have had to, right? Yeah, we just all just sat at the base. We didn't. We didn't. It was like, hey, hey, guys, we're we're gonna take the day off. Can you just take it easy for a day? We're celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Too bad they didn't like ship us beer or drinks or something. We could have, you know, 
Right. Really That's the day. big thing. If you really wanted to boost morale, that probably would have gone a long way. But then again, like you're saying, if they, if people still had to like go out that day and they're like getting hammered. <laughs> and then we would have had a day like the reverse of the American revolution. And we just get over on it. Fab Joyce. Cause we're all drunk and asleep at our. Yeah. yeah. But that is like, historically speaking, a, a big change from even in Vietnam, they gave beer to the troops regularly that sure. was not even like holidays it was just like it's because it's a tuesday here's like a case of beer yes so talk about kind of a slap in the face that uh you know having a holiday in afghanistan is that very similar to having near beer delivered to us in afghanistan which we would partake and pretend that it was beer at our poker games yeah or was I it the Krombacher and becks Near beer was kind of that same thing of like, it's so close yet so far. It's not really like beer. Yeah. The Bex and Kronbacher, horrible, both of them. But <laughs> to this day now, anytime I see Kronbacher, the real version. Yeah. We remember I'm those. attracted yeah. to it. Yeah, that was good. All right. So, so Christmas in Afghanistan, any final closing thoughts? Or you want to move on to the, the, the business end of this? Well, you, you brought up something before the podcast. I'd love to yeah. hear your thoughts on, on some of that. You know, what do you, how do you feel about holidays in Afghanistan or during wartime? How does it impact morale? How do you do it where, you know, like you, you're nominally Jewish. Um, yeah. Like you're a practicing. Yeah. But I'm more, I think of myself more as like an agnostic or a non-religious person. So I was always kind of skeptical of that stuff, especially in the army. I was always kind of like, more of the like this should be a separation of church and state we shouldn't have the army like pushing their religion on people i feel like in afghanistan especially it could be perceived badly by the the afghans themselves because everyone used that defect so you'd have like meetings with afghan officials and it's like i don't know if they see the they could be very easily reminded of like the crusader mentality all of a sudden if santa just like plops down in <laughs> afghanistan don't you think colonize her mindset yeah i mean i'm i'm very against that uh mentality i was i've always been against the idea that you you could take western values or democracy and implant that into afghanistan or iraq or anything i i fully believe in human value or that every person should have the say of their own life but trying to pretend that we were going to be able to take our values and and implant them in afghanistan or iraq i thought was just absurd now, Christmas is, I think, a little bit different. You know, obviously, yeah. we're, we're there. And it's that, uh, I don't know, it's that complex situation where I think for the most part, no one was forcing anyone to partake in that. So I think it's okay if 90% of the people are celebrating Christmas normally. Sure. I would say even people like yourself who are agnostic, and we've had those discussions, are like, all right, whatever, like, most people are celebrating Christmas. I don't feel like I need to partake if I don't want to. Like, sure. In the, I'm in trying the to think now if we were ever invited to any of their stuff. I, I think we were invited to some feast, like an Eid feast. Yeah. And that's, that's how I kind of feel like, especially for them, the Afghans and any country I've been to, I'm not offended if I'm the outsider and they're celebrating their own cultural traditions. I don't feel like I'm offended because they're celebrating something that i don't really normally partake in as long yeah. as they're not trying to tell me hey you must do this but if they invite me you know a lot of times i'm going to say all right yeah sure whatever i'll you know come out and have you know a feast with you or a meal with you or i'll i'll partake in this tradition and see what it's about and 
maybe I don't agree or maybe I, I celebrate something different, but typically it's kind of fun to see what a different culture celebrates that, that kind of tradition. Like, yeah, I think on both sides, it was more of like a curiosity that people would go and, and like the Afghans would ask us about our American things or ask you about like Christian things versus Muslim things. But, uh, yeah. anything else on, uh, holidays or no i think i think that that covers it that was, that was pretty i, I had good, just I seen yeah i had just seen some some cheesy hallmark ask movies they've they've done a few with military lately oh really any That's favorites kind of, any uh, uh no recommendations no, no i don't have any recommendations Can't recommend but, any. <laughs> but they're interesting to watch you know to see how the military then interacts with christmas one of them i think it was called like operation Christmas drop or something or uh which was it was kind of funny you would have you would have at least been interested in the storyline it's a real operation that still goes down today so it's based out of either Guam or Hawaii mm-hmm. and it's an operation where they do during Christmas time uh, humanitarian drops out of one of the air force bases uh to to the Pacific Islands to or, you know basically drop supplies and whatever during that time Oh, called, gosh, I believe it's called Operation Christmas Drop. Oh, I think it cool. was started back in the 40s or 50s. And at this point, it's the longest, I believe, humanitarian mission in the military. Wow. So they made, more or less made a Hallmark movie out of it, which, as you can imagine, is going to have its cheesy factor to it. But, you know, if you have a significant other that enjoys that kind of stuff, you can turn it on and make some popcorn and have a good night. Yeah, that sounds good. I never know. I never knew about that uh, that effort. So it's all about. Was it about Hawaii or other places in the Pacific? Let me let me uh, let me pull this up. How well, do you how said. do you feel about that? Would you would you uh, volunteer for this effort? Um, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Mele Kalikimaka. Everyone have some. What are they dropping? Spam. All right, let's see. It's a tradition that started in 1952 that serves as a training mission for the U.S. Air Force. It's the longest-running U.S. humanitarian effort. Nice. Uh, yep, it's supported by the local communities of Guam. Mm. Targets Micronesia. Interesting. Don't know anything about Micronesia, other than there's <sighs> a whole lot of islands in that area. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so it's like the air force taking over that Santa Claus role, just dropping (laughs) stuff down. Just spreading American cheer to to everyone near and dear. I don't know how I feel about that, but either way, I guess there's probably some islands that could use that kind of stuff. And yeah, there there are uh, humanitarian, but so like why attach it to Christmas? Cause then it's just, (laughs) well, it's making us feel better about it. If it's attached to Christmas, cause it's like, we're just in the Christmas spirit of like, let's, I think in some ways there's just something about Christmas that makes even someone like you just very happy about the holidays, Jake, and want to give back to their neighbors. Yeah, I guess so. I'm more of a Grinch person. I like the, that's my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the movie, Grinch grows his heart like three sizes too big. So are you saying that your heart has grown three sizes too big that's, for your chest? Yes, just in this okay. conversation alone. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. All right. All right, let's talk about uh, the year in review. Uh, What were the, like when you started out 2020, I mean, we had no idea this, the pandemic was happening. 
can we talk about the, the goals for the organization and what changed as a result of the pandemic and then kind of like what the results were in terms of the activities and fundraising and stuff like that? Yeah, so Hero Hut obviously has taken almost its own route, I would say, kind of like similar to like a river going through a completely new riverbed uh, for 2020 where um, it's, it's taken a, a very organic growth. Um, I think initially we thought we'd be able to take Hero Hut to about like 10 to diff- 15 different festivals in 2020. And obviously that all got completely shut down. With that being said, we had none of the structure that we do right now to start 2020. We had no regional directors. It was just myself, you, and, and Randy, and Zach, and a few others that were just kind of willing to help start building this. And at this point, we're almost at like 20, 25 people that are a part of this. Whether, and then, you know, it's, it's continuing to grow throughout the year where we're getting data analysts, people that are helping us with financial uh, efforts we're getting people that are are saying okay once we're ready to go we can do this we're building the organizational structure we have people helping to build the marketing and flyers and all that kind of stuff so in some ways it was kind of a blessing in disguise because honestly i don't i don't think we would have been really ready to do hero hut effectively and in some ways that that would have been you know one of my own failures i'm someone that enjoys kind of running off a cliff and just seeing what happens and I think that would have been, I don't think it would have been an absolute disaster, but we would have really had some issues, I think. And so yeah, with 2020 happening as it did, we were able to get some really good people that are a little bit more grounded and practical and realistic of, hey, what are the expectations? How do we, how do we build this? How do we build the expectations for Hero Hut? We really honed down our mission statements, our vision, what exactly makes us unique. And those kind of things, those are the discussions that happened because of, you know, 2020, I would say. Right. So we initially did the Milwaukee Irish Fest. Is that it's all also kind of like a question as to whether these festivals will come back in 2021. I know we're still like right now it's December 22nd. This is kind of a year wrap up, but we don't really know. I mean, there's supposedly this vaccine. Is that going to mean that people will be up for festivals? Have you been talking to the Irish Fest people? And do we have other uh, venues that we're hoping to be a part of in 2021? Yeah, I think we will see where the festival event sports space goes in next year. I think there's going to still be a little bit of hesitancy. I don't think we get to full probably till 2022, honestly, but we'll probably see events start happening again next year. Just, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of some of the same weirdness going on right now. Um, I think it's just going to take a long time for society psychologically to recover from what happened in 2020. Um, I have talked to the Milwaukee Irish Fest and a, and a lot of other festivals. They do believe that they're going to be able to run them as of now, but with, you know, restrictions that we're seeing, but they also don't know. Um, but that's, that's given us a lot of awesome opportunities to really think differently about what Hero Hut is. And that's kind of directed our organization as a whole of what our, our priorities are and what we're trying to do in terms of building community for veterans. And then especially for like Lionheart Junction, which is, again, you know, you're part of that. 
the incubator for Hero Hut and the nonprofit that's the parent organization, how do we build community in a time like this? And so it's kind of challenged us as a, uh, as a group to really think outside the box of like, how do we do that? What, what other opportunities can we do to still be a part of uh, building community, supporting our veterans? And then also one of our key foundational pieces, how do we support our other partner organizations that we're trying to promote? How do we, how do we do that during this time? And right. I think this podcast that you're doing is, is one of those, those ways. Yeah, I think another way too was the virtual run too, right? So like in the absence of festivals, people are turning more ter- towards virtual events uh, and doing a workout where you can kind of connect with, you know, your friends are doing it all different places. Maybe you all wear the same t-shirt to do it, right? So that's a, a plus there. Other things, are we looking to kind of repeat that same uh, virtual run or actually hold the run in different places next year and uh and whether what other kinds of community do you think in addition to these big events that hero hut could be a part of yeah i think there's there's a lot that we're building behind the scenes right now we we should launch a lot of it to start 2021 um we're going to have the hero hut pint night which again we'll see how the vaccine and everything else plays out obviously every city in america is kind of treating COVID a little bit differently so um you know when we look at breweries the idea would be to have you know once a month type night to just come together as veterans first responders have a have a social bonding experience there where you can just come have some beers and learn about who's out there just build your social network we've talked about this before where veterans typically move around a lot and they end up in cities where they don't really have a homegrown network you know it's Mm -hmm. not it's usually typically a city where their family and friends no longer live and so it's tough to build that social network when you're in your late 20s 30s or whatever even 40s 50s right and so having a space to maybe build that social network is just something simple that we could do at breweries but also one of the things that we're going to be doing is uh, hero hunt gives back which is going to be a volunteer quarterly event at different cities and again, the goal would be to kind of encourage veterans to get out there and start serving their communities again. And, and it's that, that thought that service was a key component of being uh, in the military. And so you can easily do that. And that's in your own community outside of being a veteran. I think it's even more important to do that. It's your own city. So why not? I mean, you don't need to be in the military to serve. So I think that's something that we're going to really see is going to take off and that's going to be something that we're going to really promote to, to have our other partner organizations and nonprofits be a part of that. And, you know, almost make it a big community event where veterans first responders can all come together once a quarter, help out their city wherever it's needed, and then maybe go out and have a food and drink together after that. Yeah. Um, It sounds like you could kind of combine those two ideas, right. Of have like a volunteer day that ends in a pint night at one of those breweries. I think breweries are pretty well positioned to operate even in these times when people want to be outside more. A lot of breweries have like outdoor areas, more easy to kind of stay like six feet apart and outside and whatever for, for still, uh, we're still abiding by those restrictions. Who knows? Maybe by the time people are listening to this, everyone's like, we got the vaccine, you idiot, shut up. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> I don't but know. I don't think yeah. people will be yeah. saying that. I don't think so. I think the uh, psychological effects of this year are, are going to be pretty strong with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll see, though. I, I, 
I think most younger people are itching to get out. And I think most even, especially in the veteran first responder community, I, 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 it's just, it is what it is. Most of us are probably not exactly people that are um, wanting to stay at home. I think in going into 2021, we're going to see the, the vaccine and um, I bet our media and news outlets and everyone else will probably be trying to promote getting back to normal life. Yeah. I think what we talked about too is like there are, I think, veterans in both camps too. There are veterans who are like more of risk takers and more like I've faced bigger threats than this before. This isn't a big deal. And then there are other veterans that are like, be reasonable, be sensible, like follow science, like have an engineered solution to this kind of problem. Like I could see either, either camp. Yeah. We've talked to a lot of, on this podcast, like veterans from different niche communities. Like, yeah. I agree. And I, I don't, I don't think, I think it is an extremely complex issue. I, you know, as we've talked, it's just frustrating to see how bad politics and our media has really just kind of messed this whole situation up. I, I don't think that anyone is necessarily wrong for having a viewpoint either way, because clearly COVID is real and it's really destroyed the economy. It's destroyed people's lives. It's, you know, and it's, the the death is real. So how we react to it, if the media and politicians weren't as horrible as they are during our current time, I think we would have seen a much different reaction, Yeah. but now we have to respond to that. So you can't necessarily live in. That's like the world that we live in is one with that kind of media, those kind of partisan politics, but right. So we'll see. I guess uh, yeah. the answer, like, swing forward so back. Hopefully we 20... do have festivals to go to, but <laughs> sure. understand, like, that's not a guarantee. Yeah. Like, we're not really sure what that'll look like. Yeah, I guess I want to, you know, this is something a Hero Hut is an organization that is combining a lot of different unique skill sets and, and mindsets like we've talked about. How do you feel in terms of the podcast? What do you think? How, how does that tie into Hero Hut? What do you see going forward into 2021 for yourself? How do you feel that's building the community there as well? I feel like it's a good space for veterans from different types of communities to tell their story because everyone has their own history of military service. Like they have these little flashpoints of stories along the way. And so it's been interesting to see what are the things that are shared in common across all these different services, different branches, uh, different jobs, and then things that are very different. Like it was, it was fun to talk to the aviation guys and they have their own sense of this is the aviation community. And then there's even like the pilot community within that. But then there's also like the mechanics and ground guys that are helping out uh, and part of that same kind of aviation world too. But then, then there was like all different kinds of these uh, little niches. So I think that was a cool thing I wasn't expecting from the podcast. I'm just looking forward to talking to more vets from all kinds of different walks of life in the next year. How do, how do you, you know, for you as a person though, what, what kind of personal interest joy does it bring to you to, to follow up with this? I know that the first, um, I guess it was the second hero hut that we ever did at the Milwaukee Irish Fest. We had an opportunity to, to work with a, uh, I think it was the Grand Valley University that was doing a, a, a veteran oral interview type project and oral history type project. And we were able to kind of help them do that. You were doing some interviews with veterans there. How does doing this kind of podcast, I guess, interest you personally? And is there something that going forward you're hoping to, to grow this to or, or see where it goes? 
I just want to keep talking to people who are interested in sharing their stories. I don't have any particular agenda beyond uh, collecting these uh, stories while people are relatively young, while they can remember things about their service and those memories are still pretty vivid. I think a lot of times oral histories interview people who are towards the end of their lives and they're trying to remember their military service from decades ago. So I think there is some urgency to capturing stories when people are, are still have um, fairly distinct memories about their service. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just been fun to me to, for me to take a little viewpoint into people's military careers and, and see what they have to say about them. Yeah, I think I, I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you've been able to do this. It's, it's been fun to listen to the stories even so far. I know it's, it's, a growing podcast and a growing hero that we're starting from the ground and there's tons of podcasts out there, but I, even when I'm on the road, it's fun to be able to just turn on your podcast and listen to some of the stories and just hear the different perspectives out there. Cause they're so varied, you know, hearing the, the, you know, from the coast guard perspective or someone that built like the video game men, you know, perspective. It's just been cool to like listen to these different stories, but they're all kind of tied together with this, desire for community or service or um, whatever, but they also have their own unique personalities. And it's, it's been a really cool experience to hear you doing that. Yeah. That is one thing that's really tied all of them together is that people's services continued after they've left the military. Uh, and so kind of looking at service that you don't have to have served in the military to serve your community. And clearly veterans can be a part of that bigger discussion, but that doesn't have to be the, the total definition of service. Okay, so on a closing note, how do you feel like Hero Hut is expanding or what are the next steps for Hero Hut? What are the things that you're looking forward to in 2021 from a practical standpoint? If people want to get involved with the organization, where should they go? So it's going to take a lot of different avenues to get involved. And I think each one is going to be unique to whoever wants to get involved. If you want to simply get on Facebook and share Hero Hut. That's, that's something that's very easy to be done. If you are interested in joining our Hero Hut community teams, which we're going to be building in cities across the nation, you know, get on our Facebook page. If you need to get more information, go onto our website, uh, reach out to us at info at herohut.org or volunteer at herohut.org. Um, we're going to be building, again, teams in every city. So that's a really good opportunity if you're a veteran or someone that just wants to maybe better uh, volunteer at a event or you have an idea of how to promote other nonprofit veteran organizations in your own city, reach out to us because that's something that we're going to really be making a focus in 2021. There are so many organizations helping veterans right now. And that's, that's something that is one of our main focuses is we're not necessarily trying to be the unique nonprofit that's doing something different. We're trying to build community and then also promote these other organizations that are already doing great stuff. Um, the are there any particular like cities or regions that you'd like to see represented? I know we have a pretty good coverage around Chicago, Indiana, right? The Midwest. Um, what are the, the areas that you're hoping to see more from? Yeah, honestly. Uh, so we do have regional directors in, in about 15 cities right now, but, what I would tell people is even if we have a regional director, just jump fully on board because 
we all have, most of us have full-time jobs. We're a complete volunteer organization. So even when, if our regional director is in that city, let's say Dallas, or even myself here, I, I'm temporarily running Indianapolis and helping out in Milwaukee and Chicago, there's going to be a huge need for other people that might just be able to step into that, that leadership manager type role. There's going to be needs for people that say, Hey, I really love this festival. Maybe I can bring hero hut to it to where, you know, Hey, it's the Chicago food, whatever, uh, food festival of whatever, you know, it could be a Charleston, uh, Cajun fest. It, right. it, it could be whatever. And maybe you just really like going to that festival and all you had to have to do is volunteer to run that festival. Uh, you can reach out to us for that kind of stuff. And what we would do is help you with the planning of that. We'll, we'll bring the Hero Hut, you know, organizational team to make sure that that's supported. Um, but we need people to kind of staff our hospitality tents once events open back up. But we also just need people to just kind of be on board with helping to spread the word of, of Hero Hut. Um, you know, we have organizations like Team RWB, RTAG, uh, the Veterans Community Project, uh, VA, all these kind of organizations that we're partnering with and promoting. We just need people to to kind of be on board to help us spread their word as well, because they're the ones doing like a lot of awesome stuff in the in the communities, whether that's helping with veteran homelessness or mental health awareness or suicide, you know, prevention. Those are things that we're really trying to combat, not necessarily by you know having our own program, but promoting programs that are already out there and thing, you know, right. organizations that are already doing that. And a lot of their, what, what, where they're failing is just not necessarily having their word out there on the streets. Right. So uh, it's just, there's only so much uh, that social media can do. Right. To use these community gatherings as a, as an opportunity to shine the light on the great organizations that are already out there uh, and providing services and just need that boost in, uh, in visibility. Yeah. I, you know, in some ways I've, I've talked with a lot of people, I, and I, in no way will I attack the VFW or American Legion. Those have been pillars in the, in the veteran communities for, for decades now. And I think they still will in a lot of ways with certain generations, but I think there's that, that need to kind of unite different generations. And I, and I think in a lot of ways, we'll probably see Hero Hot and other organizations like us partner with them to, to breach that generational gap of how we reach out to veterans um, yeah, there is that. a lot of sense. I mean, it, it's more flexible, it's more digitally based. And so it, we can leverage that to be able to organize in different cities and meet for different events without having that, the physical structure of everyone. Okay. Let's meet at the VFW post. Although that's possible in the future, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, you know, we'll see, but I think that that physical interaction does need to happen. We'll have the digital, which is is almost kind of like a no-brainer okay how do we we'll we'll create a hero hut app where people can log in and see what organizations are in your local city with hero hut which what volunteer opportunities are available what you know breweries are participating with hero hut pint night you know all those kind of things um but people still want to interact in person with each other in some ways and you know until I guess we all turn into robots in about like 30 or 40 years. I think that we, we still want to have that interaction in person with music or food or drinks, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, especially if you're hurting, you don't necessarily want to go onto a digital space. You need to talk to someone that you can trust. Right. Uh, and that can't really be short circuited right now by digital means. So having organizations that, you know, we can promote, 
and have a spot where we're being very flexible in how we bring those organizations to the table is going to be really important going forward, I think. Nice. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the organization grows this next year. I think you're right. 2020 was unexpected and not how anyone would have wanted it to go. But uh, in some ways, it allowed us that time to kind of slow down uh, and build up this network of veterans who want to continue building community and, and serve after they're out of the military. Yeah, I agree. I, and I guess to end with a um, somewhat funny slash dark note, I also agree with you that I, I think just a lot of veterans in general have that almost black humor that just sticks with them, especially the ones that are combat veterans or whatever, where mm-hmm. it, it is tough. Like a year like 2020, most veterans can, you know, they, they can almost laugh off a little bit. And that's, that's a uh, dangerous mindset in some ways, but also is allowed most veterans to have a little bit of resiliency through those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage veterans to meet somewhere in the middle ground of saying, all right, we need to make sure that we're being there for our communities and not laughing off a year like 2020, but also right. using that resiliency for, for a good purpose and learning how to interact with your, your communities and, and using that resiliency to help others kind of make it through tough years like 2020. Yeah, totally. All right. <laughs> good talking to you, man. What yeah, you sorry, Jake. We're excited about the events and opportunities that we'll be able to unveil in this coming year. And we invite you to join in by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the hashtag at HeroHutOrg. And by checking our website as we start building out the 2021 events calendar. So thanks for listening and getting us off to a great start.